0: Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you.
1: We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond.
0: All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 161, and it is titled, How to Know if You've Met the One, Finding Mr. or Mrs. Right. Okay, so in this episode, we're going to tell you everything you need to know. Then then you just go out and you find them. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're probably thinking that what we're going to tell you is like, where's the best places to go or the best apps to use? <clears throat> we might talk a little bit about that, but we're actually going to talk about what it really takes. So any of those articles that you've read on you know, your typical website about this app is the sure way to find your next husband or wife or whatever. No, no, no. There's a whole lot of other stuff that nobody ever talks about that is really essential, in my opinion, to to creating the space for that right person to show up. So we're going to talk a whole lot more about that.
1: And you may not like it. Because it's easier to be like, I'm just going to go on the app or be depending on something outside of me. But we're going to actually look inside of you and see what needs to happen. But before we get started, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men, whether you want to have harder. Last longer or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com.
0: Okay, so we've got a list of 10 things that you need to do if you want to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright. And then after that, we're gonna talk about four ways in which you know that you've actually found Mr. or Mrs. Wright. <laughs> right? Because you might think you have but you really haven't. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're number one, we're just going to slap you upside the head with it right from the start. I could have saved this one for number 10, but nope, we need to just get it out of the way. You have to deal with all your traumas first.
1: Well, it's kind of a big thing you're sharing there, Kevin, like all your traumas, like how can you do all of that? I mean, do you have to wait until you're like 50, 60, or like?
0: <laughs> okay, right. So it sounds like a bit of a daunting challenge, right? Because it, t- it takes people an entire lifetime to deal with this stuff. So yeah, maybe it's a bit much to say deal with all of them. But the point here is, is that wherever you go, there you are, right? You've probably heard that before. There's been whole books written about it. The What that's really saying is this, is that it doesn't matter what relationship you're in. You keep bringing your own junk with you from relationship to relationship, and then you keep wondering why the relationships never work, right?
1: Well, the common denominator is
0: you. You, exactly. (laughs) You keep thinking it's all of them. It's most likely you. In almost every case, it is. And so the idea is if you really want to find the right person... You have to do the personal work to figure out what are your patterns? Where do they come from? How can you fix them? Right? How are they negatively affecting you? We'll give you one great example, which is that, and, and this comes from a couple of different uh, systems. Uh, we've talked about Larry Michael's four answer system. He uses some of this. Psychology uses some of this. It's the idea that you tend to be attracted to the opposite sex who is similar to your opposite sex parent. And we've talked about this once or twice on the show before. But let's just say that um, your mother was completely opposite you in every way. And you're, you're a male, right? And now you're going to go out and look for your one, your woman. And you keep finding that all these women you end up dating remind you of your mother. She does that just like my mother, right? <laughs> like, do you, we hear this all the time. Why is that? Because in those, those really formidable years, when you're a child, the sort of female pattern or archetype gets imprinted into you from the primary female role model in your life, which is your mother. So you start subconsciously unconsciously choosing women over and over and over again that are just like your mother and by the way ladies it works the same for you only you tend to choose men that are just like your dad (laughs) right this happens a lot so how do you break that pattern
1: first you have to be aware of it awareness is the first key because you can't change what you don't know Once you have awareness, you have to put like patterns interrupter, meaning if you always do X, Y, Z when this happened, you have to do A, B, C. Now, if you want different results, you have to do different actions. Some people find that it's really difficult to do that on their own. And that's when working with somebody, whether it's a coach, a therapist who can help you see things (laughs) and reorganize things can be very helpful. A lot of the work that I do when I work with my clients is like habits, like new habits, new uh, mental ways of thinking and behavior change, because it's hard to do something different. And you kind of need somebody to kind of kick your butt and be like, yeah, do it differently. For some people, it's paying a lot of money to a coach that's motivating them. For others, it's having a, an accountability body. For others, it's showing up every week for their therapy sessions. Like whatever it is, it has to just be enough for you that you're like, okay, I invested enough energy, time, money, and now I'm willing to make a change.
0: Yeah. And that was just one example. There are so, so many more. Let's say you have some sort of issue with dependency. So now you keep attracting people that uh, are controlling, right? Want to constantly control you and you end up putting yourself in this dependent place all the time. I mean, there are so many patterns. We could do a whole show just identifying the different patterns that people have and how those patterns cause them to attract certain types of people. Now, we're speaking, of course, mainly of negative patterns Because those are the ones that cause you to choose somebody that is not ultimately right for you. They meet that need, the the need that the pattern has.
1: The familiarity, the kind of the comfort that's in the ease of knowing.
0: Exactly. But remember, you are not your programs, right? We got this from our uh, interview with Rachel Fiore, right? Um, I don't remember what episode number that was, five or six or seven back fantastic episode. Go listen to it again. But you see, you have these patterns running in the background that are causing you to make certain choices, right? And you can call them patterns, you can call them programs, whatever. So if it's your program that's causing you to choose a certain person, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the right person for you because you are not your programs, right? And that's why I know we're kind of like beating a dead horse with this one, but it is so huge and so important. If you do not solve your patterns, your negative patterns, those programs that are running in the background, then you're going to have a very, very, very difficult time finding the right person because you're going to keep finding people that allow those patterns to continue.
1: Uh, I'm going to add one last thing is one pattern that I do see is that people are very uncomfortable being by themselves and being alone. And so they'll just hop from one relationship to another. And until you feel at ease with yourself and, you know, can spend a week by yourself on your own without freaking out, having a mild heart attack or FOMO, then you're probably going to attract the wrong relationship because you're trying to feel a whole and you need to first become whole <laughs> yourself.
0: That is right.
1: Number two, you have to know what it is that you really want. So the basics that you apply in business are also you can apply them to your relationship when you want to achieve something in business you set a goal you put a date you're very clear these are the steps i'm going to take and sometimes when it comes to relationship people are just like i'll just take whoever shows up or whoever's available But until you really know what it is that you want, you are probably not going to attract the right person um, unless you are extremely lucky, which can happen. But most of the time, they're just going to be place fillers until you know what you want.
0: Yeah. So this one is huge. You know, when you coach people and they're constantly complaining that they never find the right one and he was this and she was that and blah, blah, blah. You start asking them, okay, well, w- what do you want? And then you get this blank stare. Uh,
1: well, start well, with what you don't want. <laughs> That's a good place. But then you have to move into that. What do you want?
0: Absolutely. So a good practice uh, that we have both done ourselves and that we guide other people to do too is like, if you're looking for a partner, Sit down with a pen and a paper or do it on your computer, whatever you want, and literally make a list of what are the qualities that you would like in a partner? What are all the things that you like? Man, if I could have anything in the world in a partner, what would it be? And then also make your list of what we would call deal breakers. What are the things that absolutely are deal breakers? Like there's no way. Like if they show up, I'm out, right?
1: Yeah. And you know, this is huge. Let's say, you know, that you never want to have kids, then you shouldn't even start a relationship with somebody who wants to have kids.
0: Or even somebody who's a, I'm a maybe. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is, this is really huge. And one of the things that can help you do that, if you've had enough relationships in the past, honestly, look at every one of those relationships and make a list of what worked and what didn't work. What did you like? And what didn't you like? And that's a really great start. And every relationship that goes by, you'll get a little clearer and a little clearer. You go, oh, I didn't even know I wanted this, but this is spectacular. And another thing you go, I really thought I wanted a person that was like that. And boy, once I had it, it was awful.
1: (laughs) If you're doing it right, each relationship should be a step up. Absolutely. Uh, If it's not, then you're not doing it right. Let's move to our number three. Um, it kind of connects to what we just talked about. So now that you've made your list, you know what you want. And by the way, just don't make it about like it has to be, uh, I don't know, 36 C's and uh, this waist or this type of hair. Unless you really would not date somebody who has this hair color, then please just allow the person to be who they are and just focus more on their qualities rather than the physical attributes otherwise you'll stay very shallow Mm -hmm. but now that you've made your list who the, the next question is who do you have to become to attract that person this is the step that most people miss and i love that we put it as step three because it's not You have to do your inner work first, you have to get clear, and then again, you have to transform. So the thing is, if you want to date somebody who is an outdoor person, and you are truly an urban person who doesn't like to go out these two probably won't get along. I mean, some people it works, but for most people it doesn't. So if you are truly set on having somebody who's an outdoorsy person, you are (laughs) going to have to become more of an outdoorsy person yourself.
0: Yeah, and there's there's many examples that we could give here. Like, let's say... Let's say you, you're a guy and who you really want to date is like a supermodel, right? I'm just going to make this example really simple. You want to, you, you want to date a supermodel, right? You, you want the woman with the perfect ideal body and looks and all that kind of stuff. But you're sitting on the couch with a big beer belly and a bag of Cheetos, right? With a bunch of, a bunch of orange cheese crusts, you know, sitting on top of your beer belly.
1: Oh, this is gross, Kevin.
0: Right, but but you have to understand that do you really think that supermodel is going to date you?
1: Only in movies.
0: (laughs) And and not even really in movies, occasionally in movies, right? (laughs) The point is, is that if you have your sights set on somebody or a certain type of person, ask yourself the question, what kind of person would they date? So, all right, let's leave the supermodel realm for a minute, right? Let's just say that... You want to date somebody who is an entrepreneur and has a successful business and has stuff happening and going on, right? But you yourself aren't that. You have some, you know, crappy job somewhere where somebody just gives you shit all day long and you just sit there and take it, right? And because that's just what you do and you need that crappy job, right? You have to realize that Whoever it is that you want to be with, you have to kind of be at their level. And if you're not, you're never going to get what you want, right? So then you have to ask the question, how can I become that? How can I show up and become the type of person that this person would want to be with?
1: Absolutely. And it's a good time to, to review the list. If you're like, I actually don't want to be that person, then maybe it's time to change who you are looking for if you're not willing to make the changes yourself. absolutely. Let's move to our step number four. Uh, we've talked about it a bit, uh, which which is about... You have to break the patterns that are not working for you. So we talked we talked about the traumas and Kevin was mentioning the term patterns as well. So traumas, issues, and then patterns that are not working for you. I'll take an example that uh, was happening for me. So most women can relate to that is we are being taught that in order to get what we want, we need to complain. Like we try to get things by bitching, moaning, complaining even though it doesn't work. And that's the role models I had. And if you've listened to our interview with John Gray of uh, how stress affects uh, your relationships, he went quite in detail about how it's a really bad patterns for you to to do that. So when the person I was with pointed out to me that uh, he was not going to take this type of talk and uh, he was out unless I changed, it was a very interesting dilemma that I had and I had to work on myself um so those patterns that oh my gosh i realize i'm like my mother and do i want to be that person no and so you take one other time and decide this is no longer going to be me and of course sometimes you still fail when you fail you say you stop and you say sorry went back into a pattern let's redo this you take responsibility and after a while it becomes a new norm and it becomes who you are
0: Yeah, and and thank you for explaining because we are kind of using the word pattern a lot. The reason why this has its own number here and it's not the same is because you have your traumas from your childhood, from the rest of your life, from past relationships, from your parents, teachers, whatever. But then you've got patterns that you do like how you communicate, right? Right. Or do you complain all the time? Or do you always look for people in a certain place but never find them because it's not the right place, right? There are things that you are doing that we also call patterns that obviously are not serving you because they're not bringing you the results that you want. So then you have to look at those and go, okay, is this really working for me? If not, it's out of here.
1: All right, number five, go to places that you like and do the things that you like to do.
0: Okay, I, I had to put this on here because I have this conversation all the time with people when it comes to dating. They're like, where are all the good... I don't know where to find the good men. Where are all the good women? Or that, you know, this... It comes up all the time. Here's the thing. Society tells you that if you're single and you want to meet somebody, well, nowadays they mostly say get on an app. <laughs> but, but prior to that, they would say...
1: Go to a bar. Go to a
0: bar. Go to a club. Go to a whatever. Okay. If your life really revolves around going to clubs every weekend and dancing or DJing and that's your thing and that's what you like to do, then that may very well be a good place to meet somebody. But if that's not your everyday thing and it's just like, well, I don't know where else to go out and look for people, you're probably not going to find what you're looking for. And the, the reality is, is that you need to find somebody that is compatible with you, somebody that likes the same types of things that you do. So if you're really more of a homebody and, you know, maybe on the weekend what you really want to do is get up early and go for a hike in the forest somewhere, but you don't know where else to go find people, so you go out to the club or the, or the bar down the street or whatever, you're probably going to find somebody that really just wants to stay up all night long and sleep in in the morning. That's going to be a problem, right? So the idea is people always say, I don't really know where to meet people, You meet people by just going out and doing the things that you love. If you're a beach person and you love the beach, just go to the beach. If you're a nature person and you like to spend time in nature, do that. If you're into cycling, go cycling. If you're into rock climbing, do that. Music, go out and play with other people. Just go do the things that you love to do. And other people who love those same things will end up being there and you have a much better chance of meeting somebody that you're compatible with.
1: Join a club. <laughs> yeah, join a club, you exactly, know, like, whatever you know, it is. There's a lot of cool things. Or what is it you've always wanted to do but was like, um, no, not really, I don't have time or... I don't know if it's really me. It's the time for you to try these things out.
0: Maybe you love to travel the world and you want a partner that's going to travel with you. So go travel and stay in hostels or places like that and meet other people who are also traveling the world. Like
1: yeah, when I was traveling, I traveled by myself. I was twenty-three and I never traveled alone. Like I mean, I traveled by myself to the country, but like you said, once I would get to the hotel, I would I would. There was a lot into yoga. So I would take yoga classes, I would meet people, then I met friends, and uh, we decided to travel together, which was really cool, because sometimes traveling by yourself as a woman can be difficult. Um, so there was a man there, then I met another a woman, and we we shared a hotel room together, which was really cool, got, got the cost down. I mean, I never was alone. That's what I'm trying to say, even though I was traveling by myself. So it's just all about that willingness to be open to meeting other people and and opening up.
0: Yeah. So, you know, these are all in a very specific order and there's a reason why the one that comes next relates to the one before it, right? That's on purpose. So the next one on the list is be 100% yourself and authentic. Here's another thing that we see just way, way too many times, which is People pretend to be somebody they're not because they're trying to attract somebody. Oh, I got to pretend to be Mr. Successful. Like, oh, yeah, I got it all going on, right? And then later on down the road, when they really get to know each other, it's like, wait a minute, that's not really true. You made your business out to be like some big thing. Really, you're you're broke, you're struggling. Like, you got to be yourself. If you attract somebody because they think you're somebody other than who you are, It's never going to end well. It's (laughs) never going to end well. And it's not going to go where you want it to go. You want somebody that is attracted to you for who you really are. And the more you can show somebody who you really are, and the faster you can show them who you really are, the better the chances are that this will be a good relationship.
1: I want to talk about the next step here. It's about compromises. And the rule here is to not compromise. This is hard because when you don't have what you want, you think, well, it's better this than nothing. But the problem is when you settle for less than what you want, you close the door to what you really want. And you could end up three, five, ten years down the road to having missed the boat of what you wanted truly to do or meeting that person. And, you know, if you're a woman, you might have missed your fertility window, like whatever, you know, um, don't compromise. It's okay. Like, remember, there are how many are we on Earth now? Seven billions?
0: Seven and a half billion. Yeah. Or right. So
1: granted not everybody is of um dateable age age, exactly (laughs) Uh, but there are billions of people available and with technology it's so much easier now for people to connect from all over the world uh, where you still get to meet even though you don't live right next to each other so it opened up for people to connect uh, further than they would have but don't compromise if that's not what you want a hundred percent say no
0: yeah, absolutely. And the don't compromise thing can can show up in, in multiple ways. One of the other ways that it can show up is you meet somebody and there's something that you don't really like, but you're kind of like, well, it's all right. It's a, It's a relatively small thing. And there are these other things that are better, that are good. The problem is, is that in that beginning honeymoon phase, it is a small thing.
1: Five years in. Five years later, it's a
0: giant thing that you just can't live with anymore. Right? <laughs> so that's part of the problem with compromising is what you, what you think will be okay, right? oh, it's not that big a deal, even though I don't really like it, later on down the road, it's going to be a problem. Like, you know, here's a classic one that annoys the shit out of women. Well, yeah, he drinks a little bit. Maybe, you know, he comes home, he has a beer or two. I don't really like that he does that, but it's not oh, really a big deal. He's I'll a good man. Yeah, will change him. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> the, oh, that's the thing the women always think. Well, don't worry, I'll, I'll break him of that habit. You know, right?
1: I see his potential. Do not date somebody for their potential. No, Do not.
0: Absolutely not the problem is, is that a few years later, now you're annoyed because the first thing he does when he comes home is he cracks open a beer and he gets a little buzzed and he's not really present with you and you just can't take it anymore. <laughs> right? So that that's another way that the compromise shows up.
1: All right. Number eight, let's move on, is don't get sucked into the honeymoon phase. So that's a phase that so many people want to last forever, where it's all about having a hormonal shower it's all driven it's hormone related and it's you kind of high you you really are you altered your chemistry in your body is altered and some people get addicted to that and so if they don't have that honeymoon phase which will fade by the way anywhere between 6 to 6 months to 2 years uh, for people once you pass that you're like oh that's no longer exciting. I don't have the butterflies anymore. Some people say that, or, you know, they base a relationship on the butterflies they feel. Well, it is a way to know some people just don't pick the right person and the butterflies are not what you should go by.
0: No, absolutely not. And so, you know, we talked about this with John Gray. This is actually a huge part of all of the work that he does, but it's that idea that there are hormones released that cloud our judgment in the beginning. And so we've watched way too many people start relationships and think, this is the greatest thing ever, right? <laughs> Only a year later, a year and a half later, whatever it is, to end up, this is just not working for me, he's this, he's that. And, and, and from an outside perspective, you're looking at it going, yeah, he's always been that, he's been that since day one. You didn't know that? You didn't see that? Right? No, they didn't see it because they were clouded by the honeymoon phase chemicals.
1: All right. So we've got two more signs and then we'll give you uh, four ways to know that he or she is the one. But before that, we have an invitation for you. If you are a committed couple, so you have already found the one or who you thought was the one, but you're stuck in a rut and you're going through the daily motion instead of connecting the way you used to, and you're tired of mechanical sex that lacks spontaneity and fun and you don't want to live a life of average, then Kevin and I would like to invite you to join our highly sexed uh, power couple platinum program. If you give us 90 days, we will help you bring the passion back between the sheets and be synced up sexually so that you can thrive with more purpose and passion in life. For more about this life-changing program, go to CelineRemy.com forward slash passion and then connect with us hop on a call and we'd love to support you to rise in love and be the power couple that you are
0: that's right they may be the one maybe you're not sure maybe they're not but you're committed anyway for other reasons in any of those cases we can help you yes all right back to our list
1: number nine if Red flags or deal-breakers a cure. Move on quickly, quickly, no matter how hard it is.
0: Okay, so this is a tough one. This is a very tough one for people to do. But the idea is this. Maybe you got sucked into the honeymoon phase. Maybe you weren't clear about what you wanted, and this new relationship has now shown you what it is you want or what it is you don't want. Or the honeymoon chemicals are wearing off, and you're going, uh-oh it's always better to end it sooner rather than later. Because the longer that you stay in this relationship that is not right for you, the harder it's going to be to move on, right? It's going to be harder to to say, okay, I'm done, I'm out. And then even if you are done and out, the pain that you'll go through as a result of that will be significantly harder. And this is a trap that a lot of people get caught in Well, I know, but we've been together for three years and blah, blah, blah. And trust me, we are all about, we love people that are in love. It doesn't matter if you're man, woman, two women, two men, whatever. Like we just love the fact that people are in love and want to stay together. And we highly encourage that. And we do everything we can in our coaching work to try to help people stay together. But sometimes that's not the right thing to do. Right. Sometimes it really isn't. Sometimes it's just more pain for everybody involved. And if you realize that that's the situation you're in, then you need to take the hard steps to change it and move on as quickly as possible.
1: Last step. It's on step number 10. If you know that you have a pattern or have poor choices or like what we call a broken picker, meaning you (laughs) just pick the wrong guys or girl every time, then seek help. Like really, whether it's paid coaching, whether it's friends who have a healthy relationship and, you know, like kind of have them have access to your dating profile or, or send them the photos of the guys or girls you're thinking about men or women, you're thinking about dating, you know, like whatever that is, get a second opinion, get some help in helping you see when you choose wrongly and listen, listen when they tell you it ain't the right person.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, this kind of goes back to some of the things in the beginning about some of the patterns that we have and the traumas that cause us to behave in certain ways. But a lot of people have w- a lot of trouble being able to select people that really are good for them. They will over and over and over again, pick somebody that is not right. How do we know this? Because we've both done it more times than we care to admit. You know, I was terrible at picking people that were, were right for me. And what's funny is when Selena and I first got together, we thought, well, you know, obviously we're attracted, you know, we wanted to have sex with each other, but we didn't think that we were compatible in any way. Then we got to know each other and we found out we were massively compatible. And then all of our friends were like, oh, we've known this for years. We've been waiting for you two to get together. And we're like, how did we not know that? (laughs) (laughs) Right? So that's, that's just the way it is. Sometimes our patterns and our 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 past experiences prevent us from being able to really see clearly and make good choices. And if you know that that's the pattern that you have, then go out and hire somebody to help you. They can see things that you can't. We have a good friend who has for years struggled to find somebody. She went out and hired a coach, a rather expensive coach, Um, even more expensive than working with us. (laughs) But what happened? She got results. And now she's in a beautiful relationship. They're merging families. They're moving together. They're creating a whole life and business. And it's amazing because she got somebody that could say, look, no, 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 no. Here's what you're doing. It's so obvious to me over here. Here's what you should be doing, right?
1: Yeah. So let's say you followed our 10 steps to find the right person. You've, you've, you know, changed yourself, made your list, got clear with what you wanted and, and set all of these things clear. You found the person or the thing the the person you think is the one. But are you that sure? We are going to give you four ways to know that he or she is the one. Ooh. And again, there are no guarantee in life. But having been in a success in Well, in unsuccessful relationships before and now having had a successful relationship for, um, well, coming on five and a half years, coming on to six in not so long, um, I can really see the difference.
0: Well, and that's the thing, right? The, The thing is, you don't know what you don't know, right? So this is this is always about this always comes up in every uh like romantic comedy movie right which is like oh how do i know he's the right one (laughs) and then the the older wiser person in the movie looks at them and goes you You just just know know. but here's the thing that's really true (laughs) i know it sounds ridiculous but you do sort of just know in other words prior to finding the right one, you're always like, I think, I think, I think. But when you find the right one, you go, oh, 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 there's a huge difference here that I have never seen before. Right?
1: Yeah. And there's something too about you no longer looking. And maybe I will put this as number one and I'll add, that's a bonus, right? (laughs) Is when you are with the right person, you are no longer looking. And, what's different is when you're not with the right person, you might still go to an event and kind of look around and be like, like, "Oh, look at her. I wonder what it'd be like to have sex with this person or like, Oh, yummy. When you're with the right person, it doesn't matter anymore who shows up, how good looking they are, or even if there's attraction because you are with your person. Like it's something so different.
0: Absolutely. And honestly, if you're listening to this going, I have no idea what they're talking about. It's just because you haven't found the right one yet. Mm-hmm. And and when you do, you'll go, oh, I get it. I know exactly <laughs> what they were talking about. Okay, so so that, that was a
1: bonus. That was bonus. <laughs>
0: You're actually going to get five things now on the list.
1: <laughs> All right. The next is that you share the same goals, values, um, and beliefs in life. And this is huge. Huge. Y- like... When you are not aligned with your core values, you are going to be at war basically at each other because it's, it's this is what these are what make you you. And if you are not aligned, you constantly have to fight or explain, and it's extremely tiring.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't give this enough importance the shared values and goals and beliefs a lot of times like well you know he believes this i believe that you know and whatever it's not that big a deal but over time these things become a big deal especially if you don't have the same goals like and your goals your beliefs and your values there are different levels right so there are really big things (laughs) You know, like, I believe in, you know, this religion or belief system and you don't. Like, that's huge for most people. That that could be a huge deal breaker. And
1: then you could be believing in aliens and the other doesn't. And I think that's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, one was <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure aliens exist. And the other one's like, get out of here. Like, no way, you know. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's probably not that big a deal, right? But on the big life things, whether it's, you know, uh, children, marriage, Um, a religion.
1: And how to live a a good life, like what makes you a good person, the values of like...
0: Even potentially political views. Mm -hmm. These are all things that are important to have in alignment.
1: Yes. Next is you both own your stuff. What are your insecurities? What are your inner demons? And you can show up in the relationship and say, hey, this is me. And by the way, I tend to be, I don't know, uh, insecure. So I need extra reassurance. I tend to be a little bit, uh, easy trigger. So I'm sorry, I'll do my best to not get angry, but that happens. You yeah, by
0: own your stuff. We don't mean you own your car when you show up for <laughs> the relationship or you, you own a house. Or, no, that's not what we mean. What we mean is that when things get difficult and they will, and, and conflicts occur or triggers happen, you own it and you take responsibility for it and you don't try to blame the other Person, I, in so many relationships, it's like, "Whoa, hey, whoa, uh, no, 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 that's all you, right there," you know. And the reality is, is most of the time, it isn't them; it's you. And you should just go, "Oh, yeah, sorry, my bad." And why would you do that? You would do that because you genuinely care about the other person, and you want to solve the situation. And you know that one of the best ways to do that is to simply admit that you're wrong, right? And take responsibility for it and move on. And the problem is when you're not with the right person and you, a lot of times you're just not capable of really doing that. Not me, it's them.
1: (laughs) Okay. Next is that you appreciate each other and are each other's biggest cheerleader. And this is, A huge one. Basically what that means is that you feel unconditional support and acceptance from your partner. That means that they love who you are in like everything about you. The good things and not as good things. The way that you can be grumpy in the morning and or this or that. They go like, that's the whole package. And I love the package as it is. I don't want to change that person. That's really where it comes down to is I don't need to change my partner I accept and love this person for who they are.
0: If your partner is not your biggest cheerleader, then who is? Your mom, maybe? Okay, yeah, your mom and your dad, they're probably (sighs) your, your also other biggest cheerleaders. But seriously, if your partner is not your biggest cheerleader, that is a problem. Meaning that they should love and support you and be encouraging you to be the best that you can be all the time and if they're not, eh, they're probably not the right person. One of the things that you'll see a lot is a partner will will not do that out of fear. What do I mean by that? Well, let's say that, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to make up an example. Let's say somebody works a regular job, you know, he, he, we'll take the guy. He works a regular job, but he's also a musician, and he's getting pretty good at it, and he's at, he's at that place where he's thinking I might want to go pro, quit my day job, and become a professional musician. Well, his partner's over there going, oh, I don't want him doing that. He's going to be out late. He's going to have women throwing themselves at him all the time because they all want to sleep with the guitar player or whoever, right? And she might start sort of slowly saying, no, you don't want to do that. All the chances of you being successful are not real good. It's all this sort of subtle sabotage stuff where what she should be saying is, I love you so much that I want you to be happy in this world. I want you to do what you love. I want you to be successful doing something that lights you up every day and anything I can do to support that, I will do. That's what your partner should be doing.
1: Wow, that's huge. Okay, the last step here is that it should feel easy. Oh, yeah. Last but not least, there's this (laughs) misconception that... Relationship are hard they're hard work and if you're soulmate you're going to be like i don't know like like hurting each other over and over to move through your trauma Everybody
0: who's had a, a long successful relationship has been through hell and back to make that happen no
1: no it doesn't have to be that way it's some people it is what they do but it doesn't have to be that way and when with the you you are with the right person it just feels easy it's that yeah, simple and,
0: and that doesn't mean you're not going to have challenges right when we say that doesn't mean that oh it's a fairy tale storybook <laughs> perfect right no there's going to be challenges there's going to be things that are hard but all in all in general it feels pretty easy yeah, you got to do your work from time to time. But for the most part, you're like, wow, this is this is really awesome. It's been like 10 years and it feels like we just started dating yesterday. You know, like that's how you know you're with the right person.
1: I'm going to add a second bonus just because today I'm <laughs> full of them, right? <laughs> um, being together makes you a better person and makes the world a better place.
0: Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. We have a friend uh, and this is... This is actually, I think, before you knew them that they said this, but you know who I'm referring to. I had two friends. They were in a relationship for about a decade. And when they first got together in that relationship, they said they promised to, t- to stay together as long as the two of them together brought more good into the world than not. And about 10 years later, their lives were kind of going in different directions. They were wanting different things. They got together again and they seriously sat down and looked at it and said, are we still there? Are we still bringing more to the world now than if we were apart? And they decided that wasn't true anymore. And so they moved on. But it's amazing that they were able, even able to do that. How many people could really do that? right? I mean, that, that's actually pretty amazing. And so the idea is that We were just talking about supporting each other and like helping each other shine and be the best we can be. If we're both doing that for each other, then we are creating more good in the world. And that's what, that's ultimately what you want. That's how you know you're in a great, healthy relationship.
1: Yes. And we're going to leave you with this um, wisdom to remember that amazing relationships, they are built, not found. A lot of people just think it should just land on their lap and there's going to be nothing to do about it. But it's an everyday dedication, attention, energy that you invest in your relationship to build the amazing relationship that you want.
0: Yes, and it's all the work that you did before you got into that relationship and all the work that you continue to do while you are in it. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode and we will see you next week.